double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Welcome, everybody, to the 10 p.m. and last slot of the uh, Noise Picking Festival on Friday. We are double bill. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bless your precious pink heart. Double Bill is a podcast that was first developed uh, a little over two years ago. Yes. Between uh, myself, I am Mikey Postle, and these are my cohorts, Joshua Humphrey. Hello, everyone. Hello. The, the faces behind the voices, and Brian Watson Jones. Hi. Hello, everyone. People are watching me as I do this. Uh, originally, and this is interesting, originally we uh, had been talking uh, via social media about talking about movies that we really enjoy and maybe we should have a double feature night. So uh, we started originally with Manhunter and Red Dragon and then we decided to like blend it together uh, as a uh, double bill. So we take two forms of, um, of media, typically movies, films, typically films uh, and then we compare them. So we see Pacific Rim and Godzilla, you know, and like let's see the original and then we see something that happens later. Uh, or uh, we we see other forms of media like we see uh, what uh, we see Johnny Dangerously and what was the oh yeah it was a fire sign theater piece so radio comedy mm -hmm. because why not why not I'm still looking forward to the day we blend a Van Gogh painting with a really good French dip sandwich <laughs> or uh, or and then we have Josh Humphrey who has the tendency of leaning towards the cerebral and also opening our minds to crazy things I'm the awkward yet mentally what is it. Not incapacitated, that's wrong. Challenge? Oh, oh no, um, uh, oh, super no. mental powers. Super mental powers? Uh, no. He's in law school, so he's a law dog. All my, all it was my, an uh, image from Charlie X from the original Star Trek. I went with what I was given. But he's also a well, he's like Cloud Atlas uh, paired with... Um, uh, that was Holy Motors. With Holy Motors. Which If you have nice. not seen Holy Motors... Great movie. Worth a rent. There is your life before Holy Motors and there is your life after it. It's, 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 still it's good. good. It's, it's fantastic. The fantastic also part is that we welcome uh, audience input. So we would really like it if you have an idea to give Double Bill so that we can pair them together to watch contrast and then discuss afterwards we have a fishbowl yeah it's out here in the lobby i thought you meant they were going to throw things at me okay <laughs> well they can do that whatever you got if you can just crumple up your suggestion and throw it at paul if it sticks to him yeah, we'll do it because that's the first time <laughs> so today for the festival uh we have a special guest as we have wants to be and it is paul von Sessel. Filmmaker, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Paul. Filmmaker, it's like it's like capital douchebag. I love that. Filmmaker, admit it all. It's all mine. Berets for Christmas. Paul, you and I. Thank you. That was awesome. One person with just absolute sympathy for my stupidity. I love it. Paul, you and I uh, have known each other for several years. You've been on my previous podcast, which was Twin Cities Theater Connection, which is now oh, defunct. So much whiskey. Like, there were there were interviews that like were amazing crashes and burns, man. Those were really good. <laughs> Those were, no, no, I remember me and Jesse Corder. Like we sang to you. Oh God, I miss I miss Jesse sure, so much. I'm pretty sure we sang to you, dude. Oh well, Jesse sang to me not only there, but like when we went to karaoke down in uh, Egan together. Man, Trollp. that man is amazing. Josh, can you say karaoke again? Karaoke. <laughs> karaoke. Can you do that once more? One more time. Karaoke. 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 Okay. Norebang. That's the Korean word. Yeah. Oh. You like this that? No matter what, no matter what, you get to walk away with that, folks. You just learned that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, today for the Noise Picnic podcast. I always love that moment where we're like three tangents in and somebody tries to shift us back to the main. <laughs> oh, like good you on your job. Good man. luck to you. Good luck to me. If we've all, we vary. Jesus. We do different jobs. You usually dip your hair in pitch, light it on fire, and whip us back into shape. Yeah, but uh, people are here this time. I, I don't want Wait, them to know about it. Wait, is that the fire on stage? 
Oh. Yes, ma'am. That's the runner of the theater. We should pay attention to her. You need a new mission statement. That's all I'm saying. Double Bill, we like asbestos. <laughs> Paul, you're uh, showing hey, us some tonight. <laughs> there are two shorts. One is Pet Peeve. Wait, we're watching something? Yes, we're watching something. Oh, my This son? is what the tech I'm was sorry. for. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching Pet Peeve. How did the tech go anyway? You were it, the one It that went very well. Okay, it went exactly. fine. It went fine. It went just fine, guys. Yes, Joshua. Uh, so we're you. watching Pet Peeve here. Paul, can you tell us a little bit about Pet Peeve? Uh, Pet Peeve. Uh, short that I did a few years ago. Uh, it was actually originally supposed to be this uh, film contest. We wanted to do something that was a uh, GLBT-style contest where you could really go far. I was very, very fed up and still am fed up with most contests that they have to be YouTube-friendly, shit like that, uh, especially when you get down to, for example, Seattle, where there's actually... The porn contest. If you, if, do you guys know about this? Dance Havages? It's awesome. What? what is it? Hump? Or is he just deeply involved? It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yes and yes. Uh, and for example, the, there's that festival as opposed to most anywhere else where there isn't anything that you're doing difficult work that isn't within just the quote unquote YouTube, YouTube safe area. <laughs> area. Uh, and so with all of that, it was something we were trying to start up, didn't work out but uh, ended up doing the short film that was supposed to be some of the, the linchpins example of what we could do, what other people could do uh, for how jacked up you could do these pieces. And with that, it's supposed to be a bit of an advertisement, so we wanted to make it a bit funny, uh, a bit disturbing, because that was the idea. It was also supposed to be, supposed to be somewhat horror. And I, I had, this is actually the first thing I wrote and directed. I haven't written anything that I directed uh, in quite some time, so... One of the worst things was working on all of this, and I mean, I'm walking around, and uh, I'm working from one scene to another. It's a two-day shoot over about a three-day weekend, and I can't blame anybody else when the, the assistant director of the AD is saying, well, Paul, what are, what's the next one? Oh, that's the, that's the clownolingus scene. And everyone just looks at me, and I'm serious. And I can't, I, you guys, have you guys, uh, including the audience, seen uh, The Aristocrats? <laughs> That was Levi, and he gave, I believe that honk was yes. Uh, and if they haven't seen it, can you describe, do you guys, if you don't know what the aristocrats is, uh, have you ever seen what the aristocrats are? I'm curious which one uh, it is. It's, it's basic, it's the dirtiest <laughs> joke. Told over and over, and it's amazing. It's a great yeah. film. It's, so, it's the joke that comedians do to like get that blue joke out of their system it's before a they do the set. joke. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's it's all about style. The content and, and is. So it was oh wait, wait! Can I just interject for a second? Do you, you interject the hell out of that man? Do you know who did the dirtiest one in that entire one? In my opinion, who? Bob fucking Saget. That's funny. Good segue because that's exactly who I was going to reference. Look at that. Ooh, Full house, everybody. We didn't that, need man. ten. That just happened. Dirty, that, that dirty just happened, man. Everyone. And so, Thanks, if you remember, one of, the, <laughs> one of the great things about when he's, he, if you remember, he wasn't known for being that filthy at that point. So when he's telling the joke, they actually have a couple different cameras, they're shooting back and forth, and he's just telling this great joke, his pacing is amazing, it's funny as hell, and he stops and drops his head and he says, what the fuck is wrong with me? There's a point when I was directing this, because I couldn't blame that I was adapting this from somebody else, and I had to be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean... It was one of those things of where I, I really felt that moment of where I couldn't blame anybody else and, and the rest of the crew is looking at me like, you fucking degenerate. Well, I think we, we should um, learn what the fuck is wrong with Paul then, should we? <laughs> Shall we? Oh, we've got Paul's psychiatrist here. Well, I thought we were going to law school because we were crossing back. We also show. have a full tray of tranquilizer darts, so we're okay. Woo! Sounds, <laughs> sounds good to me. No, we don't anymore. <laughs> Wait, was that our segue? I think that was our segue. That was our segue. That's as good as a segue as you're going to get. Seize the moment. Carpe diem. Be the change you wish to see in the world. A well-oiled machine. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. That was fucking awesome. You didn't see the prearranged signal where we talk about nonsense for a solid three minutes? <laughs> okay, so this is that theme. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. We're just cracking ourselves up. Don't give a fuck about anything else. God, I like you guys. Nice. Everything. What am I supposed to play? 
You're not supposed just, to play Pet Feed. Just oh, pick yeah, a YouTube video. We'll roll with it. For the love, Tech Jesus. Just pick a YouTube video. We'll pretend Paul made it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't put into words how much I want this to keep on going right now. Really For our listening audience, over the tech booth is a very attractive gentleman that we're calling Tech Jesus. <laughs> uh oh. Shit's happening. I love oh, that, Paul. Nice. I love that a lot. <laughs> I did. You tipped your hand. I tipped my hand. Why? I mean, like, my office didn't come with a poster of Henry Portrait of Cecilia or Killer. I'm glad somebody got a laugh out of that because, I mean, when Josh Humphrey is a lawyer and you walk in, he's got Henry Portrait of Serial Killer, like, I have a kid. Oh my god. He's like, what? I will, I will put go that on. Up. I will continue on, your continue. sentence. I will put that person in a suitcase. I will represent anyone. Literally. <laughs> Humpy J and Stash, attorneys my, of law. It's my professional obligation to represent whoever comes to me unless I tell them no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we begin the podcast, uh, I talked to I talked to Paul um, about the fact that watching these. Uh, for, we're going to start with this one, but watching these, it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, local actors, we've in, in Double Bill, we've watched a lot of like mainstream. Performances and you know, yeah. movies. So seeing this, you're like, hey, that's Eric Myers, and hey, that's AJ Sass. You know, it's like I split uh, my lip on AJ Sass once. Huh? He did. Like yeah. you're the only person to say that. I will not yeah. explain the context Ooh. of that sentence. But it's just like you know, it's like it's part to uh, to be actors or people who are involved in the theater community in Twin Cities. Is like you know, it's like it's part of it is like trying to divest yourself from like seeing people you know who you've seen on stage or or otherwise, but at the same time, like trying to enjoy and like and appreciate what you're seeing, so it's it's really it was really kind of an enjoyable piece because it's like well this is like shifting around it's like you got fucking Marty Rubin you know it's like well this guy's now got pedigree because you're like well it's not just like I'm just gonna like say hey what are you guys doing on the weekend because Marty Rubin's at the fucking Chan and, you know <laughs> doing you know doing Mary Poppins and he's just phenomenal to work with it was and it was funny because he hadn't done as much film stuff he uh, I got to hang out with him the other day he was. Uh, he got to do the uh, the big feature that came through the uh, uh, Good Grief. Oh, with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and Harrelson. Okay. He got yeah. to work opposite of him when they were doing the, the prison stuff, so he was really happy about that. But when they were doing the prison stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, Woody. Yeah. Out of context, out of context theater. Woody, prison stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> but he, he actually hadn't done as much film stuff, and I worked with him in a musical that was a great experience, and he hadn't. He just wanted to be a part of this, and it was really awesome, especially because you know it was it was funny for AJ to kind of figure out who he was, and and I'm just like really I mean I just chose chose AJ because I really wanted to see him Derek make out because that was a good choice. That was a good choice. You. Exactly. Do I do I need to continue that sentence? Uh, the, the the cool thing about Marty though, just to uh, I bet the guy, and you know he looks he looks like he'd be on Sons of Anarchy, you know, and he's. A huge musical theater guy. Oh yeah, he did chant for like tw almost twenty years. He's still yeah, doing it. Years. Yeah, he was in like Beauty and the Beast. Yep. And he just yep. like he dances around. It's like you, yeah, he'd be in a biker jacket at one at, for one second, and then like all of a sudden be like, you know, I'm a film producer in the next second. It, it's great. He's he's a really and also he's the biggest sweetheart. So oh, it's completely, kinda, completely. Which one was Marty? Which one was Marty? He was the film producer that okay. AJ was talking to. Okay. But yeah, you, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, is there anyone who was part of this film that you didn't like and you really want to take this time to insult? I don't know if there's anyone part of this that I did like. <laughs> All right, good. I mean, that's one of the fun things with the actors. I, I just get to torture them. They keep coming back for more. It's awesome. Because I can't do it legally, for Christ's sake. Oh, it got quiet. That was awesome. So much makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, because this was a stretch. Paul, you said you wrote this, right? <laughs> Listen to the voice of reason. <laughs> yes, I did write this. Uh, what uh, sort of uh, experiences did you draw on to uh, write this? <laughs> You're a dick. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, I ran a theater podcast for five <laughs> years. <laughs> which is which is ridiculous because this is very streamlined. I'm quite impressed. Oh no, uh, no problem. No I problem. got I got okay with it. Well, there's not years. as much singing just yet. 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 Uh, 
honestly, uh, one of the things was I knew that we had some limited budget to do this. Uh, we had our locations. I knew I was doing kind of a bifurcated uh, production to where I had one day with AJ and all the stuff with Derek leading up to, and then because we had all the special effects, whenever you special effects, you always want to plan on two, three, four, five times as much as what it would be normally, so that was the second day. Um, and part of all of that was me going to, uh, I don't know if anybody knows, a gentleman in town named Ryan Shadley. Uh, Ryan's a phenomenal special effects guy, incredibly good, uh, and he's a good friend of mine. He's an awesome cat, and we looked at what we were trying to do, and he and I drank a lot. I had a studio, he was, if anybody knows the references, uh, studio's called, uh, it's called Outpost 31. Anyone? That was the 31st Outpost. I know pop culture. The thing. Uh, and that's where they are, they're on Outpost 31 is during the thing. And he and I hung out and uh, got blind stinking drunk, to be honest. And we just sat there and looked at, okay, we have three different sections. What would we do? And we're going through his special effects, what we could do. And uh, I'd always wanted to mess around with like an eye effect or something like that. And I just looked up, unrelated to my personal life whatsoever, uh, ocul ocular ingus, which exactly <laughs> broke it down. Hmm. Uh, the things you learn. Exactly. The more you learn. Thank you. And uh, ocular ingus is a thing. Oh, yeah. And a uh, big surprise. Where did it get started? Japan. Thank you, Japan. <laughs> oh, God, I love the Japanese. Josh, do you know the Japanese word for ocular ingus? I do not. Ocular ingus? That's just my phonetic guess. I offended clapping. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Josh actually speaks Japanese. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but he can't be fluent without knowing the word for oculating. That's all I'm saying. It's part of the new cube. That was my favorite. Joshua Humphries. Joshua Humphries. That's how you pronounce my name. Sorry. Who's going to pull this back? I'm curious. Wait for it. Anyway. <laughs> so, um... Watson Jones was you. Yeah. It's a sad Apparently, state of affairs. I tell you, we passed the baton. So, I'm male. <laughs> <laughs> Of the women in the audience, how many have gotten to the end of Cunnilingus before they realized what was going down on them? Because that was the part that always stuck for me. It's like, why did she figure out it was a clown at that point? Feels like there were a couple of stages before. Probably some tag teaming going on. Uh, okay, yeah. That is a good answer. <laughs> wow, you thought this through, Jenna. I've seen this before. <laughs> oh, experience. That's where it comes. Thank you. That that was all I needed. Objection with from my dissertation. And this is why Jenna Papke and I work very well together. <laughs> well, I mean, so off frame in that scene, there's a regular looking guy who's giving a clown a thumbs up. <laughs> See, what I'm thinking now is it was like a team of clowns, and this was just one of the weirder ones. <laughs> Where were those clowns coming yeah, from? I might make a short just based off of that. That's a great idea. Yes. Do you know what? Oh, I'm actually talking about this. So. Uh, <laughs> So it took me a minute because I'm like, I'm like, well, that's a tiny ass top hat. That's like, uh... well, I did not recognize it as a top and hat. For well, starters, <laughs> the imagination. Well, it was so, a special occasion. You want to look fancy, but you know, like it's like it's like, well, there's some Moulin. Oh fuck, I'm actually saying this. Moulin Rouge downtime going on, and then was it like a? Was it an actor? What, what was it? No, no, or was it a puppet? Or was it a fucking dildo you fucking dolled up like a Muppet with a fucking Sabine hat from Moulin nice, Rouge? Nice little Sabine reference. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice. yeah. But I mean, I'm just like, and the head comes up, I'm like, well, now we have like, you know, Clown of Phrygia. Ugh. So it was a mask head uh, that was like somewhat stuffed. Uh, and then one of the things was in post-production, uh, one of the things I love to do is whenever I'm doing effects, I try and plan them out. So it was, we did like some little glitter bits that were in the eyes, so then we could bring those out in post. Right. Uh, because especially if like, if, if something is moving, it's very difficult to then mess with in post unless you've done extra work with it. But I have to admit, I can't take credit for, and this is a, a detail that when you really see it, 
just makes it all the worse that there's actually blood coming down the clown's mouth. Uh, yes. Exactly. Uh, You're welcome. Tip your waitress, just don't... Yeah. Was, no. it, was it red in color, or was that just mixing with the makeup? No, no, that was supposed to be... Uh, that was supposed to be... Uh, some red wings happening okay, there. Okay, okay. Now, uh, so the funny thing is, historically, I, uh, I personally have a problem with seeing... No, this is interesting, because... When this, always a good time when someone has to assure you that it's going to be interesting. Yes. I have a oh, terrible so time with I'm genuinely so It is the worst thing in the world. Please label me. Oh, no, no. Jesus, for Yes. I have some books from a time in my life that no, I'd no. rather forget that you can have. I think you were saying that like, we're, you, really, we're really curious where you're going with this. No, so the blue eyes, right? The, the glowing blue eyes. I don't know if you guys saw that, right? So as a little kid, when I, uh, I remember I would have to run from the room watching The Incredible Hulk when the metamorphosis oh. occurred. So mm-hmm. as soon as Bill Bixby like opened his eyes... And like you know, you hear the and I was like, I had to run out of the room. So that freaked me out. Okay, so we're fast forwarding. I am, I'm a grown. Excuse me. What is the what are the children saying now? I am a grown ass adult male. And as a grown ass adult male, though, watch Kid the Bronze Hamlet. Yeah. Okay. So when the ghost of Hamlet's father, played by fucking Hawkman. Dive, Brian Blessed. Uh, when he shows up to like talk to Hamlet, to like have him like avenge him, he has those glowing, crystally ass eyes too, and it is like the creepiest convention. So when I see that, there's like a very tiny part of me that's like, Paul Von says, "You ass fuck, you ah, don't put those clown eyes on." That's that terrible. Sentence, that sentence should probably be the tagline. For the short film, man. That should be killing joke. Uh, actually, tagline, actually, new business me, card. For me, the glowing eyes thing uh, goes back to. Uh, I mean, the film wasn't that great, but I'd read. Uh, you know, it's one of the, like the quintessential kind of horror things back when you were a kid in like the seventies uh, to eighties, which was uh, Amityville Horror mm-hmm. and the for pig sure. thing, and the pig. Remember the pig story? Oh, yes. of, oh, exactly, God. man. Exactly. It's yes. the, it's not so much that you're seeing like the outline of the imaginary friend that you eventually realize is the pig face. It's the eyes. And for me, that was one of the things that always was like really amazing as a part of that. And the fact that I mean, it, I think uh, so. Uh, colophobia is fear of clowns, and it's one of the only phobias that there's just. We don't know why the fuck it exists. Every, everything else, I like phobias, like there's there's like a logical reason, like oh, a snake almost bit me. I'm afraid of snakes. You know things like that. Or Crack.com today actually said something. They had a big interview. Yeah, I quote Crack.com once or twice. Crack is awesome, dude. But they said there like, there's something about clowns, and I uh, friends with clowns. My friend Greg Parks is a clown. Mm-hmm. He was with uh, Ringling. Uh, Greg Parks was here earlier, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So yeah. they said something about like the fact that the white paint. And the rictus grin is very similar to a corpse. And so, like, the, the whole frozen face. So that has, like, a very visceral, deep-seated, like, tummy-turning thing in certain people. Well, well, I saw, well, I saw uh, not this past week a grief uh, education video where the woman went around <laughs> dressed as a clown. <laughs> and she had just white face. Joshua, please share this with black. me at some Let's point. See. I will share it with you. I'll send it to you. But it was like, this This isn't helpful at all. Yeah. Okay, so but I, I've worked Haunted Basement for many years now. I'll be doing it again this year. Uh, plug. Um, Send us your clown stories. And I have a personal theory about the clown fear. They're, they're corpses. Their um, frowny face doesn't match their smiling face. There's a lot of reasons they're scary. But there's one thing to me that's scarier than clowns, and it's the laughter of children. And the thing with laughter of children is... It's only in specific context. If you're in the middle of the woods and nobody's around and you hear children giggling from all around you, that's terrifying because it doesn't it doesn't belong there. Yeah, Blair Witch, a lot of other places. Like any place where children's laughter should not be, it's the worst thing. Running children in um uh, that oh Apex Twin video. So you just want to hear yeah. them screaming, essentially. Yeah, basically. I would understand right. that. Gotcha. But clowns, there's like two, maybe three contexts where there should be a clown. If you see a clown anywhere else, something is terribly wrong. <laughs> well, if you see a clown on the subway at two in the morning, you get out of the subway immediately. Well, if you see him in the park, you run. And if I heard all the children in the forest and there were no children to be had and a clown, I would probably run faster 
the new same fucking bolt. I would right. Be like, right. Well, and well, that's, that's the thing yeah. is, and, and then what is it? Is Mikey on fire? And there's a lot of there's a lot of theories. There's a lot of philosophies about why clowns are so fucking scary, and no one exactly knows. Like some people say, oh, if you had like a disturbing childhood, that there's something about that because it ties in with it. Uh, okay, that's something. Uh, for example, there was okay. So there's a uh, comic book uh, that I, I actually got to work on as a theater piece. Uh, the comic book series was called. Uh, beautiful stories for ugly children. Oh yes, I saw that. It was great. Uh, thanks, Ben. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I've actually it was ridiculous. I was with Hardcover Theater at that point, and they come in and say, "Hey, we've got this series uh, that uh, that uh, Workhouse, not Workhouse, but Workhouse had worked on." Thank you. <laughs> Two separate companies in the Twin yeah, exactly. Cities. Exactly. Uh, had worked on it. And there was all oh, those beautiful stories, and I'm sitting there gasping for air. And he says, well, is this something you're into? And I'm pointing at my arm because I actually have it tattooed on my arm from when I was a kid. Part of that was there's a band that's getting really fucking nerdy called Mr. Bungle, uh, Mike Patton's first band, when I was a part of Thank You Very Much. And that was all the artwork actually for uh, the first the first album, the self-titled. And that was part of what got me into it. And I'm still a massive fan. And yeah, working on that play and getting to meet the creators was just, oh man, I mean, you want to talk about nerd to like, the ninth degree. It was. It was just not pretty for anybody around. Jesus, and, Mr. Bungle, and, and the and people probably know uh, what's the what's the group the lead singer before that. Mike Patton. Well, yeah. Mike. Well, Mike Patton was you Mr. Bungle. Yeah, Mike Patton was a part of uh, Faith No More, but that was after they lost the original singer, who was right, right. actually in Bad Brains. Because I'm a big fucking nerd. Uh, but yeah, that uh, Mr. Bungle was all his friends from uh, high school. They still did music. They crossed over. And yeah, they were amazing. So that's part of why I got into that. And the comic book series is amazing. But going back to what you're saying is, there's a uh, it's a three part series, and there's one of where one of the clowns escapes. They escape the uh, the I'm not making this up. They escape the uh, the the big tent. Everything is a part of what they're doing is work because it burns down. They get into fights. They're all drunk. Uh, in this, they get into the point that uh, clowns' natural nemesis is our bikers. And then one of them escapes and stays and lives in a cemetery. Well, these skinheads show up, as what happens in small-town rural areas, and the skinheads are destroying the cemetery. And he says, because he waits, and then just screams like a maniac in his full makeup and runs at them, and they run away, because what else could scare a bunch of skinheads in the middle of the night but some screaming clown going at them? And there's something to that, man. There yeah. really is, genuinely. Yeah, there... Clowns should not be there. Something is already wrong. I don't want to find out the rest of the story. Get in the car. And did you see the whole thing about, you know, there's different clowns around the nation uh, in, in England and such where they've just been waving at people and such? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Clown. That was like a year and, or two ago. Uh, no, no, it's still happening. It's still happening? It was uh, at Northampton two, or something? Two, two or three. It got big in Northampton about uh, a year ago. But, it, yeah, they, they, clowns still show up every now and again. Well, two, uh, actually, about three weeks ago, there was a new one. And uh, a car drove past. And as the car drove past... They saw a clown climbing the fence to a cemetery, and then he got on the other side, stopped, and just kept waving, and kept waving, and kept waving. It was actually a cemetery. Mm -hmm. So it completely ties in with this, so. Relevancy! Right? That'll be me someday, fair warning. <laughs> Although I would love to keep continuing to talk about clowns. No. Oh, we should I, probably watch the next short. Unless can I throw out one more say. thing that sure, I thought sure, of just now? Ahead. An alternate theory to the tag teaming? Uh, what if it's a guy... <laughs> Bringing it back, good, good. Right. I like this. What if you think about this for a while? Yeah, no, no. I think I've, I think I've come to my conclusion. What if it's a man whose superpower is oh, when he earns his red wings, he becomes a clown? I want writer credit on the film you're going to do about. We're this. working on that together. Oh, <laughs> a red, project. Red wings, <laughs> buddy. Yes. Do we oh, have? God help uh, us all. We, can we roll tape two? Oh, <laughs> well, we should set it up. Well, dude, no, we shouldn't. Dude, like call, call the clown like Captain Red Wings. That would be his name. <laughs> okay. And he earned that captain man in the Air Force. Oh. Second short, boys. Boys, do we want to lead into this, or do we want the audience to be just ill prepared? I love this awkwardness. This just mm, I feed off this. This is awesome. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, I rubbing on this. So let's introduce. Yeah, this next short is Here's to Old Friends. Isn't Here's that to right? Old Friends, that is correct. This uh, has uh, Tim Uran in it. Yep. Tim, uh, you got Darren Shaughnessy. Uh, Darren uh, originally wrote the play Christ, I want to say like about 15, 20 years ago. as a short play. It was originally called uh, uh, Here's to Good Friends, which is, it was at the, Mikey, help me out. What was it? You remembered uh, 
what the what beer? beer was uh, that, that oh, was the slogan uh, for. It wasn't Lauren Brown. Thank you, Lauren Brown. And we changed it because they're all older in this, so it's here to old friends. It was kind of a joke. And it was originally Tim. Uh, it was uh, Josh Grimshaw. It was Darren Shaughnessy and uh, uh, and who am I forgetting? That's yeah, Tim, Darren, and Josh. And that's who originally we couldn't get Josh. He was he wasn't available, so we were able to change up for uh, for Shad, which was pretty awesome for everything. And Shad and Darren had worked together with myself uh, on different projects, so it really worked out nicely. And, I, and there was a part of it that I really liked that it wasn't a bunch of young frivolous dudes because I don't know for what you'll see I think it works a little bit better even though they they all kind of argued and we I got my way of course but it was course. I don't know about that all right there's well, the lead in we all argued but I got my way roll totally yeah. it's a lot different so enjoy yeah 40 percent less clamalingus it's <laughs> that's, the, that's the 40 percent fewer I don't I'll never I don't get tired of that <laughs> everybody when they came up from behind the couch did you think they were going to be clowns <laughs> a Ooh. can you prove that they weren't deep what maybe <laughs> we're all clowns on the inside Paul <laughs> are you supposed to make out now I have no idea <laughs> audience vote all right. Uh, so this is uh, this is <laughs> a bit opposite. This is more screwball than the last one, clearly. Um, and unless you're a sociopath, in which case they're equal. So that dude, looks, <laughs> in which case you're just happy anyway. That mm-hmm. dude looks an awful lot like Bruce Campbell. You know, did anybody? anybody else? Shaughnessy? Yeah. He has some great facial expressions in this. Right. Right. Interesting. He's a he's a. I love watching his face the whole time. It was uh, and him and Tim Uran. I just like watching yeah. them. Shad was Shad was great too. Shad was great. But there's a lot of man meat. On I love how Ezra over keeping this. I loved looking at all of just their faces. <laughs> oh no no no! Not me. I loved looking at them. Everybody. <laughs> there's Shad, a lot Shad's of man meat man. on him. <laughs> I just want to throw out real quick. It's fucking open. I want to throw out real quick after watching this the second time. Uh, Tim Uren is the American Martin Freeman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna throw that out. Just let that settle. Most definitely. Yep. I'll, sec- I'll, I'll second that. All right. So uh, getting into the nitty gritty. So you. Uh, so last movie was clearly like horror with with the with the comedy tinge. And this is this is more like just you know situational, more like John Ritter, Three's Company kind of bullshit um, that I think you can get behind. That like has a little twisty twisty, <laughs> right? Boom, boom, boom. Timmy until they say. So and without without like saying what is Paul's orb, but like you know like to to switch gears like that. How do you how do you find yourself like going like in my mind? You're like. I'm a really fucked up cat. I, I talk yeah. about like clownolingus and biting eyeballs out. And then I'm going like, no, I'm going to do this like really weird, like, I think I'm going to have this guy say, I think I might be gay, would like to have a threesome with these two guys who are bare naked and be clueless the entire time. But um, bum, bum, ha, ha, ha. So, I mean, this is like a tonal shift for you, man. Like, honestly, like, you're, you're doing like. A lot of like snuffy kind of like like really like effects heavy shit. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, Darnell. Snuffy as an adjective. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wasn't that an old comic strip, Snuffy Smith? Is that what it's really about? In my version, it ends a whole other fucking way, man. Right, right. And you're having like milkshakes, but that's fine. <laughs> I am finished. But my point being is like you did you sw- you switched like you switched gears here. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm hear what you're saying. Uh, well, part of that is I love working. With uh, with original scripts, with adaptations, it's my thing. I mean, whether it's horror, whether it's I do a lot of these crime adaptations, and this is the thing where it was like, uh, Darren and I talked for a long time about doing this for a few years, and it was just uh, comedy's terrifying. I mean, no matter what, 
you, you look at comedy, it makes no goddamn sense. It's something that everyone still hypothesizes about. They still try to figure out what it is, what's funny, what's not. How many times have any of us, because a ton of actors in here for the most part are performers whatsoever, and you still, in your head, you're like, oh, there's this part in the, in the show, or the film, oh, this is so funny, or another part you don't think is funny, and then they don't laugh here, but they laugh so much here. Exactly. And there's that fascination, and it's fucking terrifying, because for me, uh, dealing with jacked up subject matter, Killing people, uh, dealing with dread, whatever, I'm very comfortable with that. I have no problems with that whatsoever. It's very, very comfortable for me. So crossing from horror to then crime adaptations, which really if you, and this is a whole other academic kind of fucking thing, of where the stories are the same. You can take The Thing or Halloween and make them from a, a horror movie to a crime movie just by the perspective of who you're following, things like that. Well, yeah, Annie Hall was originally a murder mystery. Right, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be funny at all. It wasn't supposed to be funny at all. And and it's one of those things of where you look at those different stories and they're so similar. So, okay, all of that stuff within like the quote-unquote wheelhouse, I'm so fine with. Then it's like, shit, what haven't I really done? What can I do? Darren is phenomenal. He's one of my best friends. And he had written this play and we kept talking about it. And I was like, all right, I really trust him trust what he wrote, he's written quite a bit of stuff, can I try to do a comedy? And that was basically the challenge, was, all right, fuck it, I got this other company, Red 23, they'll work with me, so it was a great production, we had so many producers, like, it, it was almost too easy to do to some extent, the cinematographer worked with me for quite a bit, actually it was the same cinematographer on both of those films, uh, and then had worked with Red 23, a lot of the same as we're all friends, we had a great time. And, you know, like, we're looking at the monitor, all of a sudden Shad's doing, like, you know, helicopter, and we're like, all right, this is great, everyone's having a good time. Not lying. Uh, and it was just, okay, I'm going to try and make something funny, and it really was, I wouldn't call it, you know, I wouldn't say it's a shot in the dark, Mikey, but it's, it's that I think I know what this is, even dealing with an, an existing script and the writer who will work with me, but still going into it and really feeling like I'm just walking into the darkness and I'm like, there might be a precipice, there might be something, I don't know. And so that was the big thing, was just saying, fuck it, I need to do something that's just straight up funny and see if I can pull it off. So really, it was, it was just more of a challenge than anything else. And I think, I, I, I really dig that because I remember reading, uh, I remember like watching things about like Robin Williams, of all mm -hmm. people, and whenever he would be on a movie that had like serious subject matter, uh, like autofocus or even Fisher King, right? Where he would do scenes where he was in like a straitjacket or he was like supposed to be like a psychopath. He would, in between takes, you know, he would riff and like just sit there and joke around. And, and it's something that I, when I, if I, <laughs> God bless America, if I ever get like cast and like, and like on camera shit, I like just to kind of sit around. Totally nobody by Mikey. Right, but I like to talk to people, I like to talk to the cast and like fuck around. And he said, he goes, there's a levity that needs to happen in between those in those scenes. But when he's doing a comedy, he's like usually like a lot more reserved, a lot more quiet because he focuses on it. And and I think there's something similar about like directors who are like getting out of their comfort zone because comedy actually does take a, a bit more of a laser focus, I find. You know, uh, on stage, like even if you're doing like a comedy, uh, my uh, my girl just did one, a Neil Simon one up nice. in yeah, right. Look at you. She did a Neil Simon one. She's like, I'm in a Neil Simon play. I'm like, fuck. It's gonna be like you that know, was a lost great impression in, of her too as well. Lost in Yonkers. On. It's gonna be terrible. But it ended up being like Neil Simon's uh, like crying. Like if if anybody's lost a relative, you know, it ended up being like the Neil Simon like dad piece. You know where you know it. it at the end of the show, I'm sitting there going, I'm not going to cry, but I hear sobbing all around. So there's like this really strange, tenuous balance, right? And actually, Mikey, you hit on something that I think is absolutely fascinating. Uh, for me, once again, I come from this history of, so, I mean, you said Snuffy. I mean, yeah, the, the big thing I got known for and they got distribution was this documentary on Snuff Films, which is back out there. We got distribution a few months ago. And so, yeah, horror, and especially horror to where it's like truly disturbing. I really sure, jacked sure. up shit is... I'm very comfortable with in the subject matter. And so uh, one of my idols, not as much for his past few movies, but I grew up as a Cronenberg fan. I mean, he's someone I wrote about. Sure, I mean, sure, I, sure. I seriously, it, no joke, I have Naked Lunch memorized because that was growing up as also a Burroughs fan. I and, still want to do that as a double bill. Just oh, hell yes. And it's one of those things, which of course, though, the 
it's not really Naked Lunch. It's actually about his book Junkie about when he was writing Naked Lunch. But mm-hmm. once again, I'm a, it's a fucking horrid nerd. Anyway, uh, so when you get down to it, uh, I got to see Cronenberg uh, talk. I got to have a conversation with him. Super, super nice guy. And when at one point he was talking, he was uh, it was when he had released the movie Spider, which is one of my favorite of his most underrated movies. It's an awesome, awesome film. Ray Fiennes, right? Yep, Ray Fiennes. Uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot. Uh, Miranda Richardson plays three different parts. Uh, it's phenomenal. And it was one of those things of where he was talking about, because it's a very dark movie, very, very dark all the way through, and Gabriel Byrne also. But he was like, yeah, everyone's laughing the whole time. Everyone's having a blast doing this, and that's what's happened for everything across the board for all the jacked-up, disturbing work that I've done. And there's something about that, that crossing over into what you're saying, that I think there's a level of catharsis also of when we do these darker pieces that it lets loose, and it's just... And there's so much laughter. And then he even referenced, um, the big, I mean, this really gets into film nerdism. I'm a big Bergman fan. I grew up on Bergman. You know, he's one of the guys that crossed over from theater to film uh, back in the day. Uh, and he, uh, one of his most just depressing, especially his more you know, mainstream or known pieces, that's great, the podcast will really be doing air quotes right fucking there. Um, <laughs> we can hear him. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. all here uh, to see this. Yeah. Whoosh, whoosh. Was, uh, exactly. Was uh, Cries and Whispers. Cries and Whispers is so disturbing, so depressing. It's basically three sisters uh, to some extent, but it's uh, one of them is dying throughout the entire film. They all love each other. They're in loveless marriages. It's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and he quoted that at one point, and I looked, and I had studied it, and I was like, yeah, they... They had a blast making that movie. They had such a good time. So, no, Mikey, I, I completely agree that you. there's a tap into this concept of when you're dealing with disturbing subject matter, people are laughing more. But then I've had some friends, uh, and, you know, mentioning uh, larger productions, I, I did the L.A. thing for a bit, and I had friends who worked on, actually, uh, Parks and Rec. I think it was the second season, second and third. And it, there wasn't as much laughing. Like, it was very focused and actually almost more uncomfortable, which is a fascinating you know, juxtaposition of what you're talking about, that if you do something more dark, everyone's joking. And then just another off-the-top-of-my-head things was uh, the remake of Solaris. Very, very dark movie, Soderbergh. Uh, but then you've got Clooney, and in between takes, it's just joking the whole time. And I think there's something fast about that, and I think there's something really beautiful about that as well, to be absolutely honest, that we get to do these things and experience them, and it's something that is an outsider for some people who don't want to have anything to do with horror that I think really loses that there's like, no, there's a lot of light and beauty to these things, and, and yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's, I don't know, a lofty concept, but getting into, like, the whole human, uh, human experience or the human, uh, the human condition of, we have to deal with these things to some extent, and the horror of it. Uh, in the snuff documentary, we mentioned, uh, the Wes Craven quote, which is, people were saying, well, why do you think your movies are, are, uh, are poignant? And he said, well, I think, that horror films are, and this is a, a direct quote, they're the boot camp for the psyche. And there's something about that of when you get to deal with that in a Western society where we aren't challenged as in like a war-torn world or anything like that, of where we're still challenged then to, to, to go through and recognize and see that there is so much horror in the world and we get to deal with this in a different way, in a healthy way to some extent. And I, I think then dealing with, hor- with comedy is an opposite of that because it I mean, all comedy is horror to some extent. I mean, the, you know, comedy, tragedy, all of that. And I think it's really fascinating. So I, I totally agree with you. And then it, I think that does also cross over to what you're doing on location of what's happening. I don't know where I'm going with this question, so bear with me for a second. So in terms of horror, we always talk about the other. And I think I, you were getting a little bit at that and the psychology of the boot, uh, boot camp for the psyche. Uh, so what, what do we deal with in comedy then? Per se, if we're uh, dealing with the other, I think horror. it's I think it's the it's kind of the opposite angle of where horror is. You're dealing with being human. That we're to go back to the uh, camp for the psyche quote. It's uh, it's actually Wes Craven ref- referencing uh, Columbine, and he says we're all built in these very flimsy packages. We're all uh, we're we're all mortal. And so I think horror goes to this angle of where we get to deal with these things on a subconscious level, semi-conscious level of where we're dealing with our own mortality, where comedy is the other way around, where it's like we're mortal and we get to deal with this darkness aspect, but laugh. And we're all a part and we all get to laugh as a part of, and like, for example, for like this, the stupid shit we do. Uh, Darren, it was so great working with Darren because he just, 
he had worked on this for so long writing it, and he said, oh, what's great about this? And not even that it was great about it. It was his description was, well, Paul, this is a play about a bunch of friends who are going to fuck a friend because they don't want to fuck a friend. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. I mean, that, that is absolutely brilliant, and it's exactly what it is. And to me, that's something, especially, uh, it's more of a Midwest story for me of where, it's not just the passive aggressiveness, it's this idea that we want to please everybody, and I'm not using it just as a joke, but even as like this level of where it's like, we don't want to hurt our friend. It's one of the reasons I like that in the story that they were older cats because they've, they're all very invested in one another and their families and each other. And we've got a situation of where it's horrible, but yet funny because we see this idea of that they, they don't want to hurt their friend, so they're literally going to fuck him. Well, I think it's the, the thing that was striking to me was that it felt like a, a mad TV sketch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember watching mad TV as like the, the anti SNL when SNL was like kind of tanking back in the day. So it had like some of a quote unquote edge and it wasn't formulaic. It was, it was, yeah, it, was it was edgy. Right. And I was just like, I'm like, well, it's, and it didn't, it didn't tip its hat towards like what's going to be, what's going to happen because it, what, what laid out, what ended up coming out was like, well, that's, okay it's like tim uh tim's character is obviously like playing clueless and like spending like at least two and a half three minutes of this eight minute sketch going you're naked (laughs) and you're like you're like slow burn (laughs) that only took you a little while didn't friend um but then like the whole like well we should probably screw too and it's like well Mm-hmm. Okay, but I mean, it just—I mean, the strength of the actors too. I think is another thing oh, completely. that I have completely, to like yeah. that I have to promote because again, it's it's cool seeing these these small films and seeing buddies in them because you see you see them make these choices and as performers and people in theater, you know, and like you know Tim doing like the whole I am going to say this is going to be gay sex in my mind. <laughs> and I'm making clay, you know. God, but, God, I love that. But it's just like. That's that's great. That's great to me. That's 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 a great choice. You know. I believe it was so fun to play with that. Uh, that's uh, so. So we so we got kind of into comparing these and sort of this light yeah. dark conversation. We've run out of time. We, yeah, we're so we're it's hour. It's over. It's, wow. it's over. Uh, we did want to leave time for audience questions. Does anybody have a question that they would like to yeah. uh, throw at the panel here? Yeah, at um, about either the films or about Double Bill in general. There's a fabulous mic up here if anybody yeah. wants to come up and questions ask about anything. besides this mic. Right. Oh, snap. that fitness curiosity. Curiosities you might have about Paul Stetzel's uh, process. No, no. I think that's a no on audience questions. Wait, questions about recipe? Really, anything? Recipes, car maintenance, anything? It's Friday. It's. What's that? Was that this year's Z-Fest? No, no, that was uh, two years ago. Nope, I'm submitting, uh, I just submitted, or not submitted, but I signed up for this year, uh, this uh, this one's uh, a crime writer that I've worked with, and it uh, is going to be, just here, I'll give a little, not spoiler, but uh, Sammy Landman, high as a kite on LSD, but doesn't know it while watching <laughs> Rachel Ray. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's all I, that's... Paul, before we, we close down, <laughs> Paul, before we close down, can you yes. tell us about some other projects that you're involved in around town where other people can see? Uh, a lot of music videos. Uh, this year got built up. Uh, the big thing is uh, I got in with a gentleman named Carnage, Carnage the Executioner. He's been yeah, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, we're about to work with him tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I'm, directing a cla- I'm running a class to where I'm helping to direct students who are going to be doing his music video on Sunday. And then besides that, uh, my company, Killing Joke Films, we have made the official announcement, but we're doing pretty much all of his music videos for his next album, uh, which is, we're, thanks man, we're really, we're really stoked. It's really, really exciting. Uh, We've uh, got them all throughout the year. Then besides that, like I said, we've got this In the Kitchen with Rachel Ray that'll be really jacked up for Z-Fest. And then I recently joined, Shadow Horse Theater, and as part of that, we're doing, we do the drinking game, we've got the one coming up uh, next Saturday, which is uh, Super Troopers, and we actually got Eric's Rabbit, Eric's Rabbit's so going to be there, right? Rabbit's actually going to be in Jesus. Super nice guy, we got him at the last second, he was busy, and 
we're real stoked about that. So besides that, we just announced uh, the season. We're doing uh, train spotting, Hearts Like Fist. Uh, Hearts Like Fist is a superhero play. That one will be around, uh, uh, crap, what is that, uh, May to June. And then we're doing a play that I'm really, really stoked about called uh, Terminus. That's uh, this Irish play. It's essentially three different people doing monologues that mix over into one another about how Dublin is hell on earth. It's phenomenal. I'm extremely stoked about our new season. Uh, that's probably the major things going on. Like I said, Snuff got re-released, so that's back out there. It's on a bunch of different platforms. We're on Fandor. And, uh, yeah, what other degenerate things I'm trying to work on. Yeah, a lot of music videos. Uh, next month, I mean, this is more of a local thing, but next month I'm really stoked. We have two music videos being uh, premiered at a cinema lounge which I'm really excited about, which uh, some of you possibly know, uh, Ellie Daniels. Uh, Ellie does music besides being a great actress, and she approached me, and she or she approached a lot of people, and I owe her a lot of favors. You saw that, you know, crossing over two pet peeves, she was the chainsaw girl, which, fun fact, she ran around, was so awesome, was so great, and she weighs about as much as that fucking chainsaw. So the fact that she just kicked ass and did so many wonderful things, I, she came in, we lost our actress out of sickness, and she's done so many favors for me, so she said, oh, can anyone do a music video? I'm like, fuck it. We figured out a one-day shoot, and she said, oh, Paul, that's funny, because I'm going through her songs. I figured you'd want to do the one about bath salts. I thought she was kidding. She wasn't, so that's what we did. <laughs> so, Cinema Lounge next month at uh, September, we'll have that, another music video that I directed, and that'll be those premieres for Cinema Lounge. So that's, how's that, man? Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Oh, I'd like thank, to you so, thank you all. so much thank for having me, guys. Brian. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you all for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you to Alex in the booth. Please give him a hand. Alex. Thank, thank you Alex. to uh, Philip behind me. Please give him a hand. Thank you to the Noise Picnic Podcast Network and everybody involved in that. Tomorrow night there will be more shows. I believe there's uh, Nixon v. Kennedy tomorrow night, uh, Next at Bat, and Twin Cities Song Story. Come over here tomorrow night for that. Thank you very much, everybody. This has been Double Bill. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure as always.